Let's pray. Father, as we come now to open your word, may we see your hand in delivering your people. Lord, may we see your hand in delivering us from our enemies and the enemies of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would bless the reading, hearing, and preaching of your word. Give us understanding this day by your Holy Spirit. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able to remain standing, please do so. Take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. We'll begin at verse 24 and we'll read to the end of 2 Kings chapter 7. Hear now the word of God. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is God speaking to us. So let us pay close attention. Afterward, Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. There was a great famine in Samaria as they besieged it until a, a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five shekels of silver. Now, as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord will not help you, how shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press. And the king asked her, what is your trouble? She answered, this woman said to me, give me your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And on the next day I said to her, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. When the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. Now he was passing by on the wall and the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth beneath on his body. And he said, may God do so to me and more also if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him. Now the king had dispatched a man from his presence. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, do you see how this murderer has sent to take off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door. And hold the door fast against him. It's not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he was still speaking with him, the messenger came down to him and said, This trouble is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? But Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a say a fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two says of barley. For a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the captain on whose hand the king leaned said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But he said, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. If they kill us, 
we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army. So that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard there. Nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied and the tents as they were. Then the gatekeepers called out, and it was told within the king's household. And the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I will tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking when they come out of the city, we shall take them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants said, Let some men take five of the remaining horses, seeing that those who are left here will fare like the whole multitude of Israel who have already perished. Let us send and see. So they took two horsemen, and the king sent them after the army of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. So they went after them as far as the, uh, the Jordan. And behold, all the way was littered with the garments and equipment that the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a say a fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two says of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gates. And the people trampled him in the gate so that he died, as the man of God had said when the king came down to him. For when the man of God had said to the king, two says of barley shall be sold for a shekel and a say a flower for a shekel about this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, the captain had answered the man of God, if the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gates, and he died. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. That Sunday morning we saw Elisha with the power of God defeating an entire army. The army of the Syrians. We saw last week three things concerning God's protection. His, his strange protection. His unseen protection. And finally, His unexpected protection. And that unexpected protection uh, by God was given to the Syrians. As Elisha brought them in, God opened their eyes from their blindness. 
They saw that they were in Samaria, and instead of dying, they had a feast. And how quickly the Syrians forgot. Because as we come to our text this morning, we hear of Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, coming against Samaria and besieging Samaria. And what happens during a time of war for a people who are occupied by an opposing force? Well, what happens is what we see here today, famine and devastation. And one thing that famine does, it leads to prices being increased beyond what the common family could afford. It was this way in March of 1865 in Richmond, Virginia. And we know what was going on at that time. We know our history. It was the war between the states, the Civil War. And what you found there in Richmond and store windows told the story of war. Bacon, $20 a pound. Live hens, $50 each. Beef, $15 a pound. Fresh shad, $50 a pair. And butter, $20 a pound. Now today, we are near those prices, and we're at some of those prices today, but we do have a little more money than they had then. And so think of that. Think of having to go and buy those things at, at those prices. This is what happens in cities during war times. They are reduced to desperate situations. And this is what we see in Samaria, the, the capital of the northern kingdom, 40 miles north of Jerusalem. Ben-Hadad II, the king of Syria, has come to Samaria and he has placed it under siege. But in this, we see God showing grace to His desperate people by granting them deliverance. And so there are four things we see concerning deliverance here this morning, and the first is the need for deliverance. We see and hear of that in verses 24 through 33 of 2 Kings 6. What do we have in Samaria? We have a, a picture of human desperation. Now, part of that was the food expense. Did you read what they were trying to buy? A donkey's head was being sold for 80 shekels of silver. Why would they need that? To eat. And they have very little food. And on top of that, they were also buying the, the dung of doves to eat. And so we hear of this human expense. The donkey's head sold for 80 shekels. The fourth part of a cab of doves, of doves dung for five shekels of silver. And so we have the, the expense of food. But then we have the, the human expense. And this even eclipses the panic for food. We have the king of, of Israel walking. And a woman yells out at him in verse 26. She yells out to the king, help my lord, O king. He replies, if the lord will not help you, how will I? From the threshing floor or from the wine press. And he gives in a little and he says, what is your trouble? And she tells him. 
her and another woman, they, they had made an agreement. One day they would eat her son, the next they would eat the other woman's son. Well, this woman had boiled her son the day before, and they ate him. And now it was time for them to boil the other woman's son and eat him. But now the other woman hid her son. Now, we don't know of such desperation. We don't know of such hunger that you would actually murder a person and resort to cannibalism. But that was the situation in Samaria that the king found himself in. And and it was just too much for him. He tore his clothes underneath. He was wearing sackcloth. What was that a sign of, of repentance? But we see no sign of repentance here. And instead of repentance, the king had in his mind revenge. Murder. Now who did he want to murder? Elisha. Why? Because the king was blaming the famine and the siege on God. Now God in his sovereignty brought it, no doubt. And he said in verse 31, May God do so to me and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Why Elisha? Well, that was the man of God. And so since God brought the famine, since God brought Ben-Hadad of Syria uh, to Samaria, therefore the man of God must die. Now, we heard last week that Elisha knew exactly what the king of Syria was doing before he did it in the raids against Israel. And so it shouldn't surprise us that we find Elisha sitting in his house and he knew what was coming. He knew that the king was sending one of his henchmen to him to to murder him, to take off his head. He says as much in verse 32, do you see how this murderer has sent to take off my head? When the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door fast against him is is not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And so the man comes and he calls out to Elisha, the trouble is is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? This was the king's message. Why am I to wait? People are dying. People are eating their children. Why should I wait for God? And so that's the need. It was a great need there in Samaria. But then, second of all, we hear the promise of deliverance in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 7. Elisha responds to the king. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a say of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two says of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now that was good news, wasn't it? Tomorrow there would be food to buy. Now the man who was sent by the king, we we see in in verse 2, he's a a sarcastic man. He says, if the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? He doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe that in 24 hours time, that there would be food in Samaria by which people could buy. Now, Elisha was not promising cheap food, but relief. 
He was saying relief from this siege is coming. He is saying that things would begin to return to normal. A say of flour is about seven and a half quarts. It would cost a person one month's wage. And so Elisha was not promising cheap groceries. He was promising relief from the famine. But this was just too much. How could this be? The, the, the attendant of the king, he could not believe this. And so Elisha tells him, you shall see it, but you will not eat of it. Now that is a word of judgment. It is a word of judgment upon this man. But one thing we also see is that how the Old Testament expects and demands faith just like the New Testament. There are many who say, well, faith is a New Testament thing. No, faith is a whole Bible thing, whole Bible doctrine. God spoke his word through Elisha. This man, as well as the king, and all in Samaria should believe that word and trust what God was saying to them through the prophet. It requires belief in what God has promised to them. And so it was required of all people in Samaria to believe that word. One man is not believing that word and judgment would come to him. But then third of all, we notice the instruments that God uses for deliverance. And did you notice those instruments? Four leprous men. Unnamed in our text and an unnamed servant of the king. First, the, the leprous men we hear about, uh, those four men... They, they were there around the city and at the entrance of the gate and they started talking, why are we sitting here? We're just going to die. We're going to the city, we're going to die. So, so let's go to the Syrians. Let's go to the enemy and, and let's fall down at their feet and maybe they'll be gracious to us. At worst, they're going to kill us. If we sit here, we're going to die. If we go there, we could die. And so they decided to take the chance and go. And so they come to the camp of the Syrian. And what do they find? No Syrians. They do not find one man there. There was no one there. And, and we, we know why. And we'll get to that in a moment. But they, they, they found all of their belongings left. Now what happened to these Syrians? Look at verse 6. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And you remember last week, the servant of Elisha. The Syrians had surrounded them and Elisha prayed that God would show his servant what was protecting him. And, and what did the servant see back in, in chapter 6, verse 11? So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. A young man, he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses 
and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And what do the Syrians hear here that scares them to death? The sound of chariots and horses. The host of heaven. The army of God. And so they run away and they flee. And the lepers come into the camp and, and they have a feast. And they have everything they could want to drink. And they get gold and silver. They get clothes for themselves. And they start hiding things. And then their conscience gets the best of them. And they realize that they need to go and tell others. If not, they would be in trouble. And so they go to the king and they go to his house and the gate of the king's house and they, they tell the king what they had found, which was absolutely no one in the camp of the Syrians. And they let the king know what had happened. And the king thinks he has it all figured out. Verse 12. And the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I will tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking when they come out of the city, we shall take them alive and get into the city. Now, the king, you know, there's some truth to what he's saying, because that would be a good plan by the Syrians. But what is the king of Israel forgetting? The promise that God made to him. The promise that God made through Elisha. Thankfully, as we have the four nameless lepers, there's also a nameless servant here who speaks to the king. He says, let some men take five of the remaining horses, seeing that those who are left here will fare like the whole multitude of Israel who have already perished. Let us sin and see. He says, look, we're going to die either way. If they're there, they, they trap us, we're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. And, and so what is there to go and see? And so two horsemen went, and they go out, and they see. They, they follow after the, the Syrian army as far as the Jordan River. And what do they see? They, they see the Syrian army throwing clothes on the ground and equipment. And they go back, and they tell the king what they had saw, what they saw. And so God was giving deliverance. He was delivering His people. But then the fourth thing we see about deliverance is that in this deliverance, there's also tragedy. The people, they hear about this and they go and they plunder the camp of the Syrians. And notice what it said in the latter part of verse 16. A say of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two says of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. According to what God said to Elisha. And so that's the good news. Now we have the word of judgment because who is standing by the gate? Who did the king appoint to stand by the gate? The same man whose hand he leaned on, he gave the charge of the gate. And what happened? He was trampled to death. Now think of that. You're in the midst of famine. You know there's food. You'd better not stand in front of the crowd. And so they trample this man to death. Why? Because God said to this man, you're going to see this, but you're not going to partake. It was judgment, the judgment of God upon this man. Now in verses 16 through, through 18, we have 
three verses that hammer home for us the, the veracity of God's Word through His prophets. Three times in those verses we are told how the new prices in the gate came about according to the Word of God. Verse 16. We are told how the officer of the king died as the man of God spoke in verse 17. And also how it came about according to the word of the man of God in verse 18. And verse 20 just reminds us and, and sums it all up. So it happened to him for the people trampled him in the gate and he died. And so what do we see? God promised deliverance. He gave deliverance from certain death. God promised judgment. He gave judgment upon the man who did not believe His Word. And so what application can we make here this morning? Well, I think we see something here in this text this morning of how there, there is no help in politics or government. We think that sometimes, don't we? We just elect the right person. The nation will be saved. One commentator says this narrative makes an argument about the ineffectiveness of royal power in situations that only God can reverse. There are, there are many in the West who are sucked into thinking that our, our governments are somehow a big chunk of our hope. That the government will save us. What did Ronald Reagan say? The most fearful words that can, you can ever hear. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And we need to understand that there is no hope in, in politics. We must beware of the, the same or the subtle idolatry that, that whispers to us. Well, the government will, will cope with us. The text implies something to us. Governments don't cope very well. What do we see many times in governments? We see corruption. We see corruption. We see wickedness. We, we see theft. Now, the best we can hope for is that a government would ensure us a degree of justice and, and civil order and that graft and theft and, and dishonesty would not be totally rampant in it. That's about the best we can hope for in government in this world. There's somewhat order. The corruption's not that bad. And they just kind of leave us alone. But where is our help from? Where was the help for Samaria? The king was useless. Did you notice that? He was useless. All he wanted to do was murder the man of God because he was angry at God. And so their help is our help, as, as we were reminded in Psalm 124 and verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made Heaven and earth. And so in times of famine and desperation, we are to trust in the Lord. Second, if God promises to us deliverance, no matter how wild it may seem to us, we are required to Believe it. Now we say, well, that's, that's common sense. We're Christians. Well, not only are we required to believe it, every person is required to believe it. Why? Because he's been, every person has been created by God. We must believe what God says, no matter how unlikely 
it may seem to us. And think of our deliverance in Jesus upon the cross. What is that to the world? Paul tells us, doesn't he? It is foolishness. When we tell people that we believe in Jesus, how He he, he came and He lived for us and He died for our sins and He rose again on the third day, they call us fools. You're foolish. But yet we are required to believe it. Now they too are required to believe it. One day they will understand that. One day when they die and they face Jesus, their spirit faces the Lord Jesus in judgment, they will understand that. Definitely at the last day when Jesus comes in His glory and they are raised up, body and soul together again, not for eternal life, but for eternal condemnation, they will understand that. They will understand that they were required to believe in God's deliverance. And so God has promised to us deliverance in Jesus. And for us, the question is this, will we believe it? Or will we reject it? Third, God promises to all sinners deliverance in Christ. And that is the good news. There's not many times this message that God gives to this world that that all sinners can be delivered from their sin, forgiven of their sin, and made right in Jesus. Those messages are who? They are unnamed men. They are unclean men. And this is how God works. You know, not many... Preachers will be remembered in the history books. We remember some, do we not? And, and we thank God for those that we remember. But the majority of ministers and evangelists, ruling elders and deacons will never be remembered in the history books. But they will be remembered by God. You see, God doesn't use the wise of this world. He doesn't use the the beautiful of this world. He uses the simple. He uses the simple of the world to proclaim His message of deliverance. And in that, God receives the glory. And what is that message of deliverance? It's the same message that we hear in the New Testament. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And not only you, but your children and all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, that is God's message of deliverance to all men this day. To all of us who have gathered in worship. That is God's message of deliverance to us. And so what will we do with that? Will we believe it? And rejoice when we partake of the spoils of that deliverance in the new heavens and the new earth. Or will we reject it as the man rejected the word of Elisha and was trampled to death? Yes, he saw the great deliverance of famine, but he did not partake of it. You see, it does us no good unless we believe the message. Unless we believe God's message of deliverance to us. 
Yes, we will see the day that Christ comes if we do not believe it. But we would be better off being trampled to death by a crowd than to not have faith when Jesus returns. Why? Because that means judgment. Yes, there is deliverance and judgment in the Bible. If we are delivered in Jesus, we will never face the judgment of God. But if we do not have faith in Jesus, we will face God's judgment. Not just for a moment, but for an eternity. So today, believe in Jesus. Call out to Him in faith as you turn from your sins. And you will know of God's deliverance given to sinners. May God at His blessing to the reading, hearing, and preaching of His Word. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We thank You for that deliverance that is found solely in Jesus. Lord, I pray that we all who are here today would know of that deliverance, that we all would have come to Christ in faith and repentance, but yet we also know that there are some that have not. Lord, call them to Jesus. Even now, show them their sin and their need of Christ. Call them to your Son. Deliver them, O Lord. Save them, just as we see this morning, you saving Samaria. And do so for your honor and glory. And for the sake of Jesus, who came and lived and died and rose again for sinners. We pray this in His name. Amen.